Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, does it get any better than the Super Bowl in Vegas for our friend Nick Costos? Nick, how are you? Oops, sorry. My bad. You're awesome? Good. Sorry, I missed the beginning of your phone. Hi, Nick. Hey, Nick. Live here from... Uh... Beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's uh, 8 a.m. And uh, I think the mutants have, have have mostly made it back from their night out last night. So I think we're we're starting to like uh, to ease into the day here on a Thursday. Wait, I thought 8 a.m. was closing time. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I I think closing time was maybe like an hour ago, based on what I saw down on the casino floor about an hour ago, and I was getting my uh, getting my coffee and like my and my breakfast. Very nice, uh, Nick. I'll, I just again, I know we kind of talked about it for a minute last week, but now you're in it. How surreal is it that the Super Bowl is in Vegas, a place that we never yeah. thought that these two, that there would be a marriage of gambling in the NFL just, I don't know, five, ten years ago? Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And look, like, I, I've been to, like, not a brag. Like, I, I used to work for, for Sirius XM NFL Radio. I worked there for a decade. So, like, I, I've been to, like, a lot of these Super Bowls. Um, and I think the great thing about Vegas as far as the host city for a Super Bowl, like like last year in Arizona, everything was so like widely spread out in, uh, in Glendale and Phoenix, Arizona, whereas everything here is on the strip. Now it makes it obviously everything's really packed and like everything's really crowded. For example, like we walked back to our hotel after the show last night at Radio Row because traffic was so insane. But with that being said, it's like everything's packed into this one little area. The energy is crazy around town right now. Everywhere you go, you can kind of feel it. It's palpable. So yeah, it's 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 very cool, and I definitely never thought that we would see this. I, I got one professional sporting team, much less like several, and a Super Bowl here in Vegas. Having covered other Super Bowls, does it have a different feel because it's Vegas? I mean, is it is it a significant difference, Nick? Yes, because um because like when I go to my hotel, like in uh in Indianapolis, I, I can't sit down and play blackjack before I go up to my room. <laughs> I have to say like. Okay, so that is that is the main difference is that you can gamble everywhere here, obviously, which is uh, which is cool. And look, like it's a business trip for me. Like I'm staying on East Coast time. I'm working. Uh, it would be a different story if I were here with my friends. But yeah, that that is the main difference. All right, Nick, let's talk about the game. Hop right into it. What do you think about the game in general? I think it's a I think it's a really, really, really tough game to handicap. I think out of any of the matchups, guys, that we could have potentially seen in the Super Bowl from Championship Sunday. I actually think it's the worst betting game. Um, mm. I would have had stronger betting thoughts on either of uh, any of the other matchups, like Chiefs-Lions, 
I would have bet Kansas City with a lot of confidence. Ravens-Lions, I would have bet Baltimore with a lot of confidence. And then Niners-Ravens, I would have bet San Francisco with a lot of confidence based on, like, Baltimore would have been favored in the game. I would have disagreed. I would have bet I would have bet San Francisco. But I do think that this is going to be, like, the best actual game. Like, I think the game is going to be magnificent on Sunday. And I think, it, I think it's really tough. So the way that I'm choosing to handicap this game, and I'll kind of break it down like this. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched the television show Lost. Um, great show for a couple seasons before it went way off the rails. But they did this kind of like this trope, this storyline with two of the main characters where one was a man of science and one was a man of faith. Like one chose to believe in things that were like based in evidence and the other believed in like had like had, had blind faith in things happening, right? So I think if you are like more of a scientific mind, doesn't mean like you're a scientist, but that's kind of more how you think. I think it leads you to like the 49ers in the game. San Francisco is better than Kansas City. Like the, the Niners as a whole are a better team than the, than the Kansas City Chiefs. And they've been power rated better than Kansas City all season. Like, like they should probably be like a three-point favorite in this game. They, they never will be. So that would be like the man of science approach. Man of faith would be, okay, great. San Francisco is better. They'll be able to run the ball likely on the Chiefs the entire game. But I get like the greatest football player of all time. And I'm just going to trust in him at the end to win the game. And Kansas City has the better quarterback. I think they have the better coach. I think I, I like Reed better than Kyle Shanahan. And Kansas City definitely has the better defense. So it's kind of like, which do you choose? Do you choose what you've seen all season, which is San Francisco be better? Or do you just roll the dice with the best quarterback ever and like, the, and like a Hall of Fame head coach, which, by the way, you would have printed money doing that on the Patriots with Brady and Belichick for two decades. So I'm going to choose to back Kansas City in this game, but I don't want to like paint this like I think it's great betting opportunity. And just to provide a little context to what I mean, if this game were on like one o'clock on Sunday with like eight other games on at the same time, I may not even bet it because I would probably like a lot of the other games better. But since it's the Super Bowl, obviously we'll have a ton of action. So I'll be on the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Do you think there's more action because of the toughness of this bet? Is it going to bring more money because people are going to be all over the place on that, Nick? Uh, no, I think it's just like the Super Bowl and everyone wants to bet on the okay. Super Bowl. Right. Um, yeah, and listen, and look, like I, I can think this, that the game is really tough to predict. Someone out there listening could say, well, well hey, hey, idiot, San Francisco's going to kill them. Or, hey, moron, like, <laughs> why aren't you more confident in Kansas City? And then, like, one of those people is going to feel really smart when the game ends and think, like, I was right, like, that's just my opinion. Like, I, I think it's – I always want to be honest with you guys. Like, last year, I felt really confident in how the Super Bowl was going to play out. Two years ago, I felt really confident in how the Super Bowl was going to play out. Rams, Bengals, and Chiefs, Eagles, obviously, the last two. This year, not as confident, but I will have my money on Kansas City. All right, so when you look at some of the, the side bets, the over-unders and stuff in this game, like, what do you like, what do you not like? Um, so, side, like Kansas City, don't love. Total – like the over, but don't love it. Um, and I think the way that a lot of people are going to choose to play this game based on like trends that we've seen over the balance of the season and for Kansas City, kind of dating back to like a couple, a couple years in the postseason, Kansas City has been a second-half under team this entire season. Steve, like, the thought being that Steve Spagnuolo makes defensive adjustments and Mahomes kind of like becomes like the greatest game manager in the history of like professional football. And Kansas City just kind of like chokes these games out and like boa constricts the games. Um, Kansas City has also scored touchdowns on their opening possession of seven straight playoff games. Mm. So I think people, people, and, and then on the flip side, obviously, you've got Kyle Shanahan, obviously like an unbelievable offensive play caller and like scripter. 
that you would think that like the beginning of the game is going to go well for the Niners because they script obviously the first 15 plays of the game. So I think the thought is that we will see more scoring early and then maybe like the game get a little stagnant late. I guess my disagreement with that would be I think this game is going to get very loose at the end where we could see like a, like a pretty tame like two and a half or three quarters to start and then just like an explosion of points at the end when like in the game really open up. So I like the over. I don't love it. My anticipation in the betting market, guys, it's been 47 and a half all weekend. This is a deal with the Super Bowl every year. Like the point spread in total don't move like, at all, basically, because like the number's really sharp. Think about the millions upon millions of dollars getting bet into billions, right? Like the number's just right. The side and total are right. I do think the total will kick up a little bit in between now and kickoff, maybe close 48. I'll lean for me towards the over. I'll have some money on it because it's the Super Bowl, but I don't feel tremendously confident. And I, I, I hope these don't sound like cop-out answers. Just my honest opinion on the game. Nick Costos joining us, our Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Is there anything off the beaten path, wager-wise, that, that you think would be phenomenally intriguing about this one? Yeah, I think there's there's tons of prop bets that I think are really interesting. And, you know, there are matchups offered for the Super Bowl that like, you don't get for a lot of other games. Like, for instance, um, I think that Debo Samuel – is going to be more involved in this game as a runner than he is as a receiver. Um, the way that you attack Kansas City's defense most successfully is on the ground, and there's no game next week. It's not like San Francisco has to save Debo. Like the next time he's playing in an important game is in September. So I think they're going to use him a lot on the ground along with Christian McCaffrey. So like, for example, and I'm not even suggesting this is like the best bet of all time, just that these sorts of bets guys are really interesting. Like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you can bet at a big like underdog price to have more receiving yards in the game than Debo Samuel. Like, the thought process being, like, MVS could have, like, one catch for 60 yards, and Debo could have, like, four for 45 and, like, 10 rushes for 80 yards, right? And you could win a bet like that. Like, you could bet George Kittle and, like, the tight end matchup, Kittle to have more receiving yards than Travis Kelsey. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's a reasonable opinion if you think Kittle's going to have a monster game here in the Super Bowl. So, like, you can bet a lot more things in the Super Bowl than you can on, like, a normal NFL Sunday. Um, man, there's just so many things to talk about uh, in this game. I, I do want to ask you this, Nick, because it, it came up earlier this week, especially in Ohio, where things are legal, that most people now that maybe didn't gamble before, like this would be the weekend that they would maybe throw a couple dollars down on some stuff, just even if it was an office pool or something. But uh, I, I'm just curious, I, can you see the impact? It's, it's kind of hard not to. But can you see the impact on how legalized gambling in the state of Ohio is brought out maybe new gamblers that weren't there before because now they're like, okay, it's legal. I can do this now. Can you directly see that? Yeah. I don't know if it's like a a direct thing. I think it's more just like it's happened in every other state. So, like, of course it's going to happen in Ohio. And and I would just offer this, and I think I've said this with you guys like a number of times over the course of my appearances over a couple seasons. Sure. Especially with with this game where people are going to have like a lot of wagers, more than usual, and I will too because it's the Super Bowl. Like, just please bet responsibly. Don't bet more than, like, you can afford to lose. And look at this as, like, an entertainment expense if you're going to, like, make a ton of bets on this game where, like, when the game's over, like, you might not get your money back. You might lose your bets. Like, pay for the entertainment, I would say. If you're not, like, a serious hardcore gambler, which is totally fine. Most people aren't. Like, if you're going to, like, like bet, like, 15 things in this game or, like, 10 things more than you normally do because it's the Super Bowl, just, like, scale your money, like, like the amount of bet down. Like, I promise you'll still have a good time and you'll still be able to enjoy the game. Just, like, bet responsibly if you're going to bet, like, 15 things on Sunday. 
All righty. Well, Nick, here we go, man. Super Bowl. Love it. Love all your coverage, and I'd love being able to talk to you about the NFL all season long, especially to give us insight on uh, on betting that we just never had before. And I can't tell you how many times I've listened to you and then waited to see things, how they played out on Sunday, and they do every time. Thank you, Nick. We appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. I, I appreciate that, guys. Great being on with you all season. By the way, Cleveland Cavaliers, pretty, pretty good right now. And I will say that I tossed a couple bucks on Donovan Mitchell to an NBA Most Valuable Player. I don't think the Cavs will win the title, but – just saying, I don't think it's like the worst thing at a massive price to put a couple bucks down on Donovan Mitchell if he keeps this up and the Cavs finishes like the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Appreciate coming on all season. Wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets. The absolute very best of luck. Thanks, Nick. You got it. Story of the day. NBA trade deadline coming up at three. Yes, that is a big story of the day, and we'll keep you posted on everything that's going on with that. But the Browns owners buying 176 acres in Brook Park. We will talk about that a little bit later on the show. If you want to get in on the conversation, 216-474-0092. When we come back, we'll make Jeff Thomas do it. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Big topic, uh, two big topics today, NBA trade deadline at 3 o'clock. Uh, and Browns owners buying 176 acres in Burke Park. What does that mean? It is, uh, it's blowing up on our show today. Uh, 216-474-0092 if you want to talk about it. We'll get to your phone calls here in just a moment. Daryl Ryder has been all over this story. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what he has. He's going to talk to us at noon, so he's standing by. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Uh, Dan, we want to get up to speed on what's going on with the NBA trade deadline real quick, or uh, you want to keep moving? I'm sorry. I do want to move forward. At some point, in the next segment, we're going to come back. We're going to get you up to speed on everything that's going on. Nothing for the Cavaliers. So that's all that really matters, right? Nothing mm. for the Cavaliers yet. Yeah, okay. So we'll get to that. We'll keep you up to speed on what's going on with the NBA. Uh, and then you also get them in the 2020s. All right, so we've been talking about this story all morning. Browns owners buying 176 acres in Brook Park. The Browns had a response. Dan, what did they say? All right, so this is a response on the Browns Twitter page uh, from Peter Jean-Baptiste, who, what, Director, what is his title? big guru of communication. Yeah, he's, he's in the comms department. He's the head of comms. I don't know his title. I apologize. Uh, we've been clear on how complex future stadium planning can be. One certainly 
is our commitment to greatly improving our fan experience while also creating a transformative and lasting impact to benefit all of Northeast Ohio. We understand the magnitude of opportunity with the stadium project intent on driving more large-scale events to our region and are methodically looking at every possibility. We appreciate the collaborative process with the city of Cleveland and leadership of Mayor Bibb in analyzing the land bridge and renovating the current stadium. At the same time, as part of our comprehensive planning efforts, we are also studying other potential stadium options in Northeast Ohio at various additional sites. There is still plenty of work to do and diligence to process before a long-term stadium solution is determined and we'll share future updates at the appropriate time. That is the statement from the Cleveland Browns. All right. Jeff, what's your take on what the Browns said? Um, Hi, here's here's our... very vague response to a report that's out there. As someone who has read this twice, I interpret it as stadium ex- stadiums exist and stadiums will exist in and, the future. And we will be playing in one. And we and like they playing have, football in stadiums. And we mm-hmm. do know that they had committed themselves to Northeast Ohio the last time the owners talked. They are 100% committed to Northeast Ohio. Okay. Okay? So that's important. I think that's super important because – when you read the story like we did on NEO Trans blog this morning, um, they now have – it's an airport-adjacent site that's under contract. And that's where they are now. I'll read you the beginning of that story. I do want to get your feedback. Jeff and I will give you ours here in a second. The owners of the Cleveland Browns football team reportedly reached a purchase agreement to acquire a large piece of land in the Cleveland suburb of Brook Park, leading to speculation that the Browns could leave the city of Cleveland for the second time in the team's 78-year history. This is nowhere near – Art Modell lifting the team and placing them on the Atlantic Ocean. This is a nine-mile jaunt out to the airport that so many of us do. It's improving the franchise and the fan experience. And uh, if uh, if it were to come to fruition, yes. Let's let's throw that out there, okay? I know. The the reports are out there that they're looking at buying land, and there there are agreements in place and everything. We know how land deals are. Sometimes they happen. Sometimes they don't go through. So so just stay tuned. You know, are, are you trying to strong arm the city into fixing the stadium? I would bet not. Andy. I would. No, in fact, that was in the blog story today that this just doesn't seem like something you're going to do to try to, you know, just gain a little leverage. Yeah, I, I would think that's not the case. Honestly, if, I would think if you're the Haslams and you're good business people, what's a better way to make, what's a better way to make more money to, to have a bigger thing? Would it be to renovate a stadium that's on the lakefront with all the talk of renovating the lakefront that we've been hearing for 50, 60 years? Or would it be acquiring 176 acres, putting your retractable roof stadium there and surrounding it with businesses, with shopping, with restaurants and parking and connecting it with, I mean, which one's a better opportunity, Andy? Uh, to Seems me, pretty clear to me. I mean, I, I think it could be, depending on how the city wants to look at it, a win-win for everybody if the team moved out to Burke Park. Now, I, I don't know how great of a win it would be for the city of Cleveland, but the opportunity to take over the land where the stadium is right now, um, to me, seems gigantic. And Jeff has said this, and I've, I totally agree with him because they've said it our entire life. Lakefront development, lakefront development. If you ask me what lakefront development is, it's a football stadium, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's the Science Center. 
and a pretty good Mexican restaurant. Show me where else in the city of Cleveland the lakefront's been developed. I'll wait. Yeah, I, I have no I'll idea. Wait. I, I just, it just seems like there's so much more they could do on the lakefront. So much more they and could do. And a stadium, do. to me, just gets in the way. Yeah, and the, I mean, I, I, you look at the plans of a land bridge, and you just, hey, am I the only one that's like, oh, let's just drop a spaceship down and cover up the freeway and then try to figure out, oh, let's not make it a freeway. Let's make it a boulevard. It's just, it's all too complicated. You're talking about a billion dollars to renovate where you are now. You're probably looking at two billion for an open air stadium, uh, to, according to the story too. Two billion, two point five billion for a fixed roof, and then three billion for a retractable roof. And, and how much foot traffic would you be getting on a land bridge going to a stadium that's used twelve times a year? Again, that to me is a now maybe if you put a roof on it, you get more. Well, that, that's but, a different story. But why put a roof on an existing structure that you consider obsolete? Why why would you do that? Why would you put a billion dollars into renovating a structure that you think is close to being obsolete? Daryl and I, in our last, I, I don't understand. In our last, it's always game day in Cleveland podcast that we talked about this. What was the whole notion of the fact that there is like at the ballpark and at the arena, there's underground tunnels and access for. Um, employees for, you know, a commissary for all of those things. In fact, they had to redo part of the commissary, or they had to redo the commissary, I think, at the ballpark, was a big part of this renovation that we're seeing right now. And it, it encompasses the entire stadium underneath. When you look at what Cleveland Brown Stadium is, underneath is very limited. It's the west side, underneath the west side, and then on the entire north side. So there's really only underneath the stadium on two sides of the stadium. Now, I know maybe we're talking about high-end seats that, you know, could be dug out into making dugout suites and stuff like that. Whatever, and That's super high-end, and most people don't would never touch it. But it's the infrastructure of the building that makes a building sing on game day that when they built that, they left half of it out because they were in such a hurry to get it done. So Understandably. I mean, you know, these are all just like little things that – they just didn't do right when they built that stadium on a landfill. And again, if you're talking about a billion dollars right up front, how long is that going to last on a stadium that you're remodeling when maybe the right idea is to put more money in to have a stadium we know could last for a lot longer? Andy, if you put a, if you put a billion dollars and renovated that stadium on the lakefront, what do you think the shelf life is before we're hearing it needs renovated and we need a new ten, stadium? 10 to 12 years. I agree. So, so why bother? That's what I say, I, yep. I, and I'm totally with you on that. I also, you know, the thought of putting it at Burke Park, one, you literally could come to Cleveland, never have to go outside to watch a football game should they put a roof on that thing. They, with the expansion, how hard would it be? And I can't tell you how many times that you walk through airports throughout the country and there's a tunnel to get to the hotel. There's a tunnel to get to here. You can go – Minneapolis is like the greatest city in the world for downtown. Now, I'm not talking about the airport, but – just to get from building to building without ever really having to go outside. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, let's just say you did have the Super Bowl. I mean, and they're talking about major reconstruction at Hopkins. You could tunnel right underneath the freeway, and boom, you'd be at the stadium. You would never have – you could walk through a tunnel underneath and be there. Just like you can sometimes if you park uh, to go to a basketball game right now. You don't have to go down – you don't have to go outside. Once you hit Terminal Tower, you don't have to go outside, which yeah. means you can hit the rapid, never leave – Terminal Tower, and walk right into the arena, which you can do now. Let me let me throw this at you. 
the football stadium, as we all know, they, they had to put up in a hurry because the team was coming back, and thank God it was, and thank God they built the stadium. And it, it's a fine stadium to watch a football game in, Andy. It really is. It's, it's a fine place to watch a football game. And if you wanted to continue to do that, then you could spend a lot less than a billion dollars and just you know punch it up a little bit, and it would be fine. But if you're looking for more, it's, you're going to have to spend way too much money, I think. When they built Gateway, there was a lot of planning, took a long time, some serious developmental thinking went into it. And today we have one of the oldest buildings in the NBA that has been renovated and is still a terrific building. And we have a ballpark that is still one of the nicer ballparks in Major League Baseball that has gone through several renovations. I can't wait to see what it looks like. I, I think one of the key reasons why is because they were able to take the time and properly develop and build those facilities and put put a ton of time into the planning. Joe is in Shaker Heights. Hi, Joe. Good morning, guys. Good morning. This is this is brilliant on the Browns' part because regardless of what you say, they're probably dealing with the city of Cleveland. And I was involved almost 40 years ago with Gateway and uh, Gundarina and the ballpark. And it was beautiful insofar as the cooperation. But I can imagine them dealing with the city council now and how dithering and slow they are. And this was a great move by saying to the city of Cleveland, we have other options. Uh, we'd love to work with you, but we got to get going on this. And, uh, again, they're forcing the city's hand. This is not a big initial uh, acquisition price, probably way under $8 million, I'd say. Now, that means in the future, though, that doesn't mean in the future there is not going to be a big cost for uh, uh, infrastructure and for utilities and then building the building. They'd probably much rather uh, work with the city on the uh, lakefront site, but this is beautiful the way they're forcing the a dithering and glacial moving city council to go forward. You ought to have on Mike Polensic from uh, Collinwood, a council member, mm-hmm. and he can talk about uh, the viewpoint right now on council, as he calls it, council. Sure. Yep. And uh, they're just uh, forcing the city's hand. And if they leave that stadium, uh, that stadium is going to be standing there because of the cost of tearing it down and remediation, uh, I don't know what developer is going to want to take a look at that with gotcha. all that cost. They'll take a look. All right, Joe, thank you. Be, that Joe, thing will be there longer than League Park. That'll well, be interesting to know. Joe, thank you. Although League Park looks pretty good right now. All right, let's come back. We're going to talk to Daryl Ryder, who's been all over this story. We'll talk to him, and we will talk to you coming up in the next hour. Browns owners buying 176 acres in Brook Park. Basket of Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 